Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Let me begin by uh, posing this question to you. What is the church? Seriously, what is the church? Okay. All right, I heard smattering of responses. So sometimes when we talk about church, we use it as to refer to a place. We got to get up this morning. Why do we got to get up? Well, we got to go to church. Or we maybe use it as a reference to a weekly event. What time is your church? Shoot, we're going to be late for church. We're never early for church, right? And so it would seem that church is an event that happens every week on a Sunday morning at a place every Sunday morning, and it lasts for about an hour to an hour and a half, and afterward you go and have brunch or you watch football. And so there we go. The church of Jesus Christ, right? And I already heard it. They're like, no, no, Matt. The church is not a place you go or a thing you do. It's a group of Christians. It's people. Follow-up question. Well, what do those people do? They go to church. We're back to where we started. So what is the church? The Greek word for church, you may have heard this before, is ekklesia. And this is the root of the word, means called out once. It's from the verb kaleo, which means call. And the preposition ek, which means out of. So called out once. And so ecclesia, what this referred to in like hundreds of years before the New Testament even happened, this referred to the governing body of full citizens that ruled over an ancient Greek city-state. Thinking Athens, think Sparta. Okay, so these are men who are full citizens, and they would gather 40 to 50 times a year, and they would make decisions together in that place to govern the city of which they were a part. So they would come from all corners of their city, and they would gather in this place, in assembly, a church, and they would make fundamental political judicial decisions for the entire people, for the entire group, the entire city. And I think this is really significant as we work out the, this question, what is the church? Because what this would have meant in, act, in antiquity, there were full citizens, all of the male, who were gathering from across the city for the purpose of governing the city. Each had a voice. Each had influence. The ecclesia was where it happened. It was the room where it happened. And they were called out from across the community, and those decisions that they made in that place impacted Everybody impacted the entire city. No matter the great and the small, it touched them in some way. Laws were passed, decisions were made. And so I find it extremely fascinating that in Paul's uh, letter to the Ephesians, he says, on account of our faith in Jesus Christ, that we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, full citizens, members of God's household. And that Peter would talk about the church by saying, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I think it's no coincidence, then, that Jesus, the king, who came to announce the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. Of all the words that Jesus could have used to describe the people that would comprise his kingdom, of all the words, and they were many, the most common one was still something, something we can still hear in the root of today, synagogue. It was the, the gathering together of people. That's the original root, sunago. It's to come together. He could have used that word. He didn't. He used the word church, a word that had tremendous history and use as referring to a political organization of people who made decisions that impacted whole cities. And he says to Peter and Matthew, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so in essence, Jesus has declared his church to be not a place, not an event, but a community of people in relationship with one another who love him as their king and savior and who together seek to expand the rule and reign of his kingdom. The church is, if you will, God's governing assembly. It is his embassy on earth carry out his vision, his will for the world. That the church would be a place where decisions happen, where things are done that impact the world. And that is the definition I believe is presented here in Acts chapter 2. The very end. And just to restate, here's that definition again. We're going to work with this. We're going to just unpack this together. If you will, read it with me. The church of Jesus Christ is a community of people in relationship with one another who love Jesus as King and Savior of their lives and who seek to expand the rule and reign of his kingdom together. And so just to see that definition acted out, we're going to read the entire passage of Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is our text. So the first thing I want to dwell in, in our definition that we've read together, is that the church is a community of people in relationship with one another. And so to be brief, the way we might just truncate this first part of the definition is community. The church is community, part one. Biblically speaking, 
This is a bit of a challenge because I think we're a very highly individualistic society. We're very, uh, we think in terms of me, I, what I want, what I need, what I want to do. You don't think in terms of the group all the time. But biblically speaking, there is no Christian without the church. I do believe, in fact, that the case to be made for being a follower of Jesus without being attached to the community of believers, the community of faith, is like standing, putting all your weight on a twig and expecting it's going to hold you up. It ain't going to do it. Biblically, I mean, look at it. Just look at the entire New Testament witness of Scripture. You will find there is absolutely no case to be made for being a follower of Jesus but not being part of his church. It can't be done. If you're a follower of Jesus and you've been baptized, what has been happened automatically, without your say-so, you have been incorporated into the call-out assembly of the church of Jesus Christ by the hand of God himself. Every metaphor used to describe the church of Jesus is a plural, communal, and organic metaphor. Here's a few of them. We are the family of God. We are a community, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, a holy temple built of living stones, a body, the body of Jesus Christ. Church is a plural word, and so is Christian. And we don't have to go back too far to see that, okay? Let's just read back through that passage. We read just, we'll just glance through for a second. So, verse 42, we have a plural. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. Okay? Everyone was filled with awe. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Next slide. They sold property. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together, eating together, glad and sincere hearts. Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And by my account, as I was reading that, and there might be more as you kind of like piece through that and say, like, what's, what's, uh, what are all the words in here? But by my account, there are at least 11 plural pronouns and or nouns in six verses. And just to be sure we're clear Okay? By being a community, I'm not simply just advocating, I just hope you come to church physically, in person, all the time, every single week. And that's it. You know? We're not drawing the line there. That, that is a very good thing. And that's actually, I would say, a very necessary and important thing. Regular church attendance by today's standards, I've heard, is about four, once, once a month. Maybe you're like, oops, that's me. And if that's the case, you've got to reverse that trend, y'all. Because we need to be part of community together. And it begins, in many, in many times, here in this place, gathered together. But it goes further than that. And that's why we've been starting groups. I talked about that at the very beginning. I'm passionate about groups because you cannot grow spiritually unless you're connected relationally. You can't. In fact, your identity, I believe, as a follower of Jesus, is incomplete if you are not, in fact, part of some kind of living, breathing community that is pulling you along, pushing you further, instructing you, teaching you, pushing you out into the community to share what you have received and heard. 
We need to have a community that, as verse 42 says, is devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, prayer, and eating together. To be part of, to be Christian is to be part of a community, to be part of brothers and sisters who share tools, weep together, laugh together, hurt each other, sin against each other, forgive each other, mature together, spur each other on, mow each other's lawns, read scripture together, pray for each other, work on each other's houses, rake leaves for one another's neighbors and struggle and live and labor to apply the gospel to their lives. To be a Christian without being part of the church is to use a biblical metaphor to be trying to be a fully functioning human eyeball without being attached to the body. I dissected one of those eyeballs, right? You know, like in, in middle school biology, you know, you di- dissect an eyeball. It's not part of a living being, Okay. You can't do it. The church is a community of people in relationship with each other. And that carries through the entire definition. It's inescapable. But the church is obviously not just community. It's a community who loves Jesus as King and Savior of their lives. That's what this community does. Part of what it does, anyway. And this is one of the activities of the church, that just makes sense. We do this already. This is, in, in, in a word, we might say that this is worship. A community who loves Jesus as King and Savior. We worship Jesus. And one of the forms of worship is what we're doing right now. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread. Fellowship part's chili, by the way. Uh, to breaking of bread, to prayer. All wrapped into one package. We're doing this today. As a community, I'm continuing the long tradition of preaching and teaching the apostolic tradition, handing it over to you, searching the scriptures and passing it on, speaking the gospel, speaking the word of God into your lives. But not only that, we're observing the breaking of bread, which is Luke's terminology for the Lord's Supper. We're doing that today. Receiving the presence of Jesus, we have the word and the sacrament, preaching in the Lord's Supper. We pray. We're going to do that in a little bit. It's all here. It's all right here in this place as we're gathered together. But it's not just here, right? It's beyond these four walls. It's all out there. Verse 46, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in each other's homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And so this envisions not a megachurch of a thousand people who gather together all the time. We're thinking small groups communities gathering together in their homes, breaking bread together, encouraging one another, opening Scripture, praying over one another, seeking, how do we live this out? How do we do this? They want to worship Jesus with their lives, not with just their voices, but with their lives. That's what they're seeking to do. And that's what Worship really is. Consider Paul's definition of worship, you might say, is a definition. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Keep part. This is your true and proper worship. Singing songs to Jesus is great. That's why we have Daniel and the whole band. It's part of the apostolic tradition is to sing and praise and make melody in our hearts to the Lord. And for those of you who hate singing, you know who you are. Worship is bigger than singing. You're like, oh, thank God. But it's also really challenging. 
Because it requires more than just a, sing, a, a, a melodious heart or a lack of a melody, if you know, you know also who, who you are. But it requires your hearts and your hands surrendered to Jesus as Lord. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord but not do what I say? Challenging words in Isaiah, God says to his people, when you come up here before me, who's required of this, this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon, Sabbath, and the calling of convocations, I cannot endure iniquity in solemn assembly. Pause there. We are picturing a group of people who are coming together to worship God, doing everything by the book. We are following you, as it says in the Torah, to come together for solemn assembly, for Sabbath observance, and all sorts of things to hear the Word of God. But he says, I can't stand it. Why? Because you are not practicing what you preach. You're not doing what I've commanded you to do out there. God says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. That's worship. If you want to worship me and you want to come to my house, fantastic. I'm so glad you're here. But also, before you go ahead and do that, why don't you go and do the other things? Because that's what I really care about. Devotion to God's teaching is nothing without application. The Lord's Supper is abused if His grace goes unused in the world. And our prayers are hollow if we're just lifting our hands in prayer, praising God, but not, being, not volunteering to be used by God. And that leads us in the last aspect of our definition, that the church of Jesus Christ is a community of people in relationship with one another who love Jesus as King and Savior of their lives and who seek to expand the rule and reign of his kingdom together. As I said at the top, Jesus is our king. We are his body politic on earth, his embassy on earth. His reign, government, and kingdom comes through us. He's made us his ambassadors, sent us on a mission to advance that kingdom among all peoples, nations, and neighborhoods, which would then imply where we live, where we work, where we play, bringing his kingdom into those places. What is his kingdom? It is what God wants to happen among all people, among all places, among all times. It's what he envisioned at creation. That's God's kingdom. That's God's reign. That's God's will. We want his goodness, his holiness, his healing, his, whole, his perfection to invade and infiltrate every aspect and every pocket of our society. And it's with us. It's what we do. In the early church, we saw kingdoms, they, they saw God's kingdom advance through signs and wonders. Verse 43. Radical generosity toward one another and giving to all who had need, verses 44 to 45. And we know from what we'll see in the rest of the book of Acts that these signs and wonders weren't just, they weren't just flashy demonstrations of power. They weren't like, let me call down lightning from heaven for you to show that I'm an apostle of God. No, they were, they were doing what Jesus had always been doing in his ministry. They were healing people. They were giving sight to the blind. They were raising the lame, able, making them able to walk, casting out demons. They saw needs. 
needs of the people around them, needs of the, evidence of the darkness in the lives of those around them. And they said, Let's, we can't stand for that. We need to do something about that. Let's address that right here, right now. And they did. They didn't say, I'm sorry you're poor. God bless you, you know. They came and they surrounded these people with loving arms, radical generosity of time, resources, and energy. They advanced God's reign and gave people a taste of heaven. And what I'm so encouraged by is just like we had some pastors here and leaders from the Michigan district of, the, of, our, of our denomination, and they were, they were just seeing all the ministries that were happening and all the ministry leaders were telling these stories of how like the kingdom is coming through these places. Like we're, this is happening, right? Like we're doing this, but we could, I mean, just imagine how much more we could multiply the efforts if we were just all like, yes, God, like volunteer, put me in. I'm ready to go. Get, let me get a friend, some friends together from this church and get out there and do it because I'm seeing all these stories and these evidence of life transformation. I want to get involved because I know that your reign is so beautiful in the lives of people. I can see it happening around me. We get people a taste of heaven and then we tell them the gospel and invite them into the feast. That's what we get to do. The church is community, worship, and mission. And how amazing it would be to experience life in the primitive church. Just imagine the energy. You can see it in the text. I mean, the people are just like, wow, like Jesus is Messiah. I can't believe it. God's so good. They're seeing God at work and he's moving all around them and they're just, their minds are blown every day. They, they're filled with awe and wonder at the apostles who are performing signs and wonders. I mean, it was just this electric time. They were caught up in the winds of Pentecost, filled with the wonder of God. What is he going to do next? And more than anything, their hearts and their minds were captivated by the beauty and the power of the gospel of Jesus, who was their Messiah, who was crucified, but then was raised from the dead. For them, are you kidding me? Like, we crucified him, and now he wants to forgive me and renew me and transform me? But now... We get to go and do things with him and change this, this world that's so broken. Like, we get, God's inviting me into that? Are you serious? But the amazing thing about all of that, we don't have to go back in time. We don't have to be like, wow, what was it like? What is it like right now? God's not done with his church. He's still moving. He's still innovating. He's still changing. He's still transforming. He's still doing all of these different things. We can be swept up in what he's doing today as his church, as his people, as his embassy. And so if I could, let me challenge you with this. And it may start out sounding cheesy. It may be a lot cheesy. I don't know. You can tell me after the service. But the Church of Jesus Christ is a community. It's worship and it's mission. And we, sp- we, we can't spell church or community without you. 
where these things are present, community, worship, and mission, that's where you find the church. And without you, we're less. You have dreams, gifts, talents, hang-ups, hurts that you have that we need so that we can be served by you and that you be, we can serve you as well. And there's a QR code up on the screen. I mentioned at the beginning, but again, would you join a growth group or a next step group? You can scan that today, right now. And you can browse it. You know, you have time to think about it. You don't have to make a decision in the next 30 seconds. But I just really admonish you to be part of this because this isn't just one little program. We're, we're now we're doing small groups. Isn't that nice? No, it's not what we're doing. We're trying to get together as a community, get to know each other, build relationships, grow, be challenged, encouraged by one another, be engaged missionally, have a source of vibrant community that plugs us in so that we're deep in this place, but not just this place and these people. So my prayer is for your next step is to go deep in community, deep in mission, deep in the mission, deep in the worship. And my prayer then is that we can become the church God wants us to be. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you so much that the vision for your church is so incredible, that you've called us through the blood of Christ, through the cross, through his crucifixion, resurrection from the dead, his ascension into heaven. You are reigning as king, and we are your body. We are community. It's mission. It's worship. It's all of these things. It's so much. And each of those pieces of that definition, God, I'm confident we could spend three different sermon series in for a long, long time just unpacking and meditating and wondering about what that is, what that looks like. But we don't want to just think about it. We want to do it. Help us to be the people you've called us to be. Uh, would you lead us into a group, if that's your will? Would you lead us to seriously examine our lives to see if this is like, okay, am I really being Christian? Am I being a follower? Help us get in the game. Get off of the bench. Get out of the pew. Into the, out of the seats, into the streets. Lead us, God. Strengthen us, God. We love you. Help us to love you with our whole lives, our whole hearts, and every word we speak and every thought we think. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.